Kimberly Perry, unveiling the power of personal style from spiritual guide to style guru. Dive deep into the world of fashion, image, and styling with our special guest, Kimberly Perry. As a former religion teacher and life coach turned personal stylist, Kimberly shares her unique journey and insights into the transformative power of personal style. In this enlightening interview, she distinguishes between fashion, image, and styling, underlining the importance of understanding these distinct elements to truly harness your personal style. She reveals how her experiences as a life coach led her on an unexpected path, combining life coaching and personal styling for holistic mind-body-spirit makeover experience. Kimberly explores the concept of style as more than just appearance, but a profound form of self-expression and communication. She illuminates how intentional styling can become an empowering daily spiritual practice where you can take control of your style instead of letting clothes control you. Join us for this captivating conversation and discover how you can style, use style as a powerful tool for self-realization and transformation. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. again to the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I want to introduce our guest to you today. Kimberly Perry, founder of Emergence Life Coaching, uses her skills as a certified master professional coach and virtual personal stylist to help busy women rediscover their identity and design their ideal lives. Excuse me, drawing from personal hardships, she champions authenticity and empowerment. Kimberly, often likened to a modern fairy godmother, helps individuals as organizations unlock their potential and take steps towards success. Please help me welcome Miss Kimberly Perry. Hello. It's good to be here. It's great to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show, Kimberly. Now, the modern day Fairy Godmother is such a cool title. It makes me think of Cinderella. And it's so interesting because I was referring to, <laughs> I was talking with my husband today and we were talking about the Fairy Godmother. I said, you can't just, you know, flip the switch or have the Fairy Godmother use her magic wand and change things. It takes time. So it's very interesting that that's coming up. Now, I think that's incredible, though, because when we talk about personal transformation and being able to really transform the way you feel, think and act based on your style, that's a fun topic to discuss. So let's dive in a little bit and talk about 
you, would you please share with the audience who you are and how you came into style to begin with? Uh, yes, I am excited to talk about the fairy godmother aspect of things. Also, I was an English, I was an English major, English teacher. So I spent a lot of years analyzing literature and characters. And that's part of what I do with my styling. But a little bit about me. I think it's interesting. The first thing I want to tell the viewers, the word guru has a lot of expectation on it. That's a big word. I am not a self-professed guru just so you know, and especially when it comes to style. My relationship with fashion has historically been a, a bit of an adventure. It's been a little complex. And so anyone who knew me in junior high or high school to find out that I'm a personal stylist now would probably be shocked. Um, I hit junior high and puberty in the late 80s, which is a recipe for fashion disaster and lifelong emotional scarring. And so it was not pretty uh, in junior high. And then I moved to high school where I was an athlete. I played volleyball. I helped coach the men's volleyball team. I helped, uh, I helped the coach uh, work with the men's volleyball team and I did wrestling stats. So I lived in sweats and boxers and a ponytail and I didn't care about fashion or style or makeup. It was not my thing. Went to college and my freshman year, the very first semester, I took a class in fashion merchandising because it was one of the electives that had an opening. And I took a literature course that introduced me to feminist literary theory. And there's the poem by Robert Frost, you know, the, the roads diverged in the woods. And I, I was learning about all the rules of the fashion industry and learning about feminism. And I said, I'm going to take the feminist path. And again, I still just was not passionate about fashion, which makes me a very unlikely stylist. Uh, the road that I came to that actually came after years of teaching religion, mm -hmm. becoming a life coach, and really helping my clients focus on connecting with their soul, connecting with their core identity. And it led me on a very unlikely but exciting and powerful path to styling because I found that as my clients connected with who they really were, as they came to know who they were, to know their personality, uh, they started to realize that their external world didn't reflect who they really are, that they had been dressing according to what other people thought mm. or dressing according to fads and styles. And you know, as my clients kept saying, oh, I, I want my external world to reflect my internal world, I actually ended up becoming a personal stylist to connect that mind-body-spirit connection in a more powerful way. And it has humbled me and opened my eyes to uh, a, a powerful connecting piece that we have in finding our voice and expressing who we are in the world. Ah, oh, that is so powerful. I think that when we, yeah, when we, when we dress accordingly, that, that gives us the, um, confidence 
it's really allowing us to step into who we really desire to become. And so it, you definitely went through a journey and I too can relate. <laughs> I wasn't interested in fashion for a long time, but even more interestingly, as a little, little girl, I loved dressing up. And then I mm -hmm. kind of went into tomboy mode where I did not care um, didn't really care how I looked and, you know, going into those male dominant fields where in law mm -hmm. enforcement, I wore boots, had my hair up in a bun and really did not look very feminine. I remember the first time that I put on a skirt or a dress, um, after being in that field for a few years and how interesting that made me feel I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like a woman. Uh, so you know, the way that we feel based on the way that we present ourselves in the world, really, I do feel makes a difference in how we show up. And I love to learn more about how you're connecting all three, the mind, body, soul mm -hmm. um, into all of that end. But let's start really kind of on your journey, your more personalized journey of what led you to really start thinking that there's a connection there. I have my my personal and my professional story. My personal story uh, in 2015, two months after my son was born, I it was the first day I had done Zumba. And so I was getting back into working out and getting back into life. And I was looking forward to taking my kids to the park. I had been on bed rest for the second half of my pregnancy. It was a really hard pregnancy. And I was ready to get back to life and go 60 miles an hour again, right? I, I was one of those, I did everything, said yes to everything, gave 150% to everything. And I was ready to get back to life. And I was on the phone with a friend and the right side of my body went numb. I could think of words, but they wouldn't come out of my mouth um, mm -hmm. or they'd come out weird. And it was kind of like a stroke-like situation. And uh, my ex was at work, I, I called a neighbor, they took me to the ER, I was there all day. And they came back, ran a bunch of tests and couldn't find anything. And wow. they said, Oh, it, it must just be an atypical migraine or something. You know, it should go away in a couple days. Well, in a couple days, things started to get worse. And my leg would drop out on me. I like just without warning, um, I'd fall on the ground <laughs> um, and things progressed and progressed. And one system lit up after another, like my thyroid, my brain, my heart, my stomach, everything uh, within wow. the period of a year was just blowing up. And so fashion wise, I pretty much lived in scrubs and sticky hospital socks. And I had a bed in my living room because I couldn't sit or stand for long periods of time. Other people were watching my kids. I had a newborn. I couldn't nurse because I was getting imaging with contrast. I couldn't hold because I didn't know if my arm was going to give out on me. And I was watching my life pass me by literally like I was laying on a bed watching people come and take care of my kids waiting for rides to three wow. to five doctor's appointments a week. Um, and I remember the day that I, it, this went on for months um, and just doctors kept saying, 
well, the tests say nothing's wrong. The tests say nothing's wrong. And then they started saying, well, it might be psychosomatic, right? Meaning mm -hmm. it's all in my head and I'm making it up. I'm like, yeah. my body isn't functioning. I'm not making this up. And I was in an MRI. I think it was my eighth MRI in a year. And just that jackhammer sound <laughs> that drives you nuts. And I was just laying there and I realized, you know what, if they're not going to find answers, I'm just, I, I'm just going to choose to live whatever life I've got left. Um, I was, I had a doctor who had told me if I lost any more weight, I'd need a feeding tube, right? I didn't know what my longevity was going to look like, what my quality of life was going to look like. And I just decided, well, I'm going to live the best that I can, whatever that looks like. I'm done just laying on a couch, missing my kids' lives for nothing. And so the day I put on real people clothes for the first time in a year was monumental. I, it, it was me claiming stepping back into my life, like putting yeah. on jeans, putting on a bra, right? Cause when you're going through imaging, there's no point cause you, yeah. you can't take metal in. Right. Um, and so it was, it, it was, literally like symbolic of me reclaiming my life just to get dressed that day. And I, and I didn't connect the power at that point. Um, but flash forward, I became a life coach. Um, with all that, in that same time period, my ex and I ended up separating and getting divorced in the middle of all that. Well, I still have the bed in my living room. Well, I was um, going to ask that too. Like what kind of effects did that have on your relationships around you? <laughs> Yeah. Well, it put stress on it. Right. Yeah. But it didn't create anything that wasn't already there. I actually liken um, what happened during the pandemic and, you know, when everyone was in quarantine, um, you know, people talk about how many relationships were affected by the stress of that. And, and yes, yes, it was. Um, but I think one of the things that happened is when you don't have distractions anymore, um, you know, a lot of us spend a lot of our day away from our partner or away from our kids, or we get a break from those relationships during the day. And you know, when stressful situations come in during the pandemic, you know, people were on top of each other and you couldn't just escape anymore. There wasn't an easy break from the relationship. And so all of a sudden it puts you in a dynamic where you can't ignore the challenges anymore. <laughs> um, mm. or where the stress brings those to the forefront. So I don't know that it necessarily created problems that weren't there, but it definitely brought some of the challenges that already existed in our relationship more to the forefront. And, and it was, it was a lot of stress and it was a lot and it just um, became necessary in that time period so, to separate. So it was just very clear that it wasn't working. These issue that arrived for you is, post pandemic, what I'm hearing. Uh, it was pre, it was actually pre, I oh, went through mine, okay. but I'm saying what a lot of people experienced during the pandemic was similar to what yeah. happened in my experience. Yeah. Right. It just brought issues. Yeah. Thank you sense. for clarifying, you but it brought issues to, to life. Have a little separation and yeah, you're, and we you're didn't have that. He was my right. caregiver. I wasn't working, like I wasn't working. He was taking me to appointments when he could. And it just brought a lot of those to life. So that happened in 2015, 2016. Um, 
it was when we separated 2018, our divorce was finalized and then the pandemic hit. And so I had a lot of people, you know, saying, oh my goodness, how do I go through this? How do I go through this? Well, everything I went through five years before the pandemic helped me. And that's when I, that's when I really was lighting up to, yeah, life coaching is the right path for me to help people navigate stress and challenge and transition. Right. I think most life coaches do that, right? They experience something so large or so profound to them that they, they want to reach out and to help others because they've already gone through that. And so it definitely sounds like you've done that. I love your expression of how, when you first stepped into real people clothes, Mm -hmm. you felt it just gave you that power. It was so symbolic of that I'm I'm going to do whatever it takes to live the best life that I can, given what I've got. Yep. So. And yeah, and I found that as women go through transition, men, men also, right? But a divorce or a major life transition mm-hmm. um, when there's an identity, uh, I don't want to say a crisis. Yeah. I would, yeah. But I it doesn't have to that. be a crisis that an identity analysis, right? Yeah. Which I think a lot of, you know, going yeah. back to the pandemic, a lot of people are, are waking up to that right now. Yes. We've gone through a collective transition and we've mm-hmm. gone through collective trauma and a lot of people are coming out of that. Yeah. And, you know, throughout that experience, so many people say, I want to go back to life as I knew it. I want to go back to life as normal. Well, they're going back to life and then realizing it doesn't, fit the same, Mm. you know, that something's off or something doesn't feel authentic. And when you get to that point, you know, a a lot of people do, they, and they want to go to the externals first. They want to change their style. They want to change their job. They want to change something. But really for me, my philosophy is all that comes from within. And as you connect to who you are at a core soul level and bring that out, that's when the magic happens. Ah, oh, that's exciting. Okay. I can't wait to jump into that. And because my brain was kind of going a couple different directions. It makes me think of teenagers. You know, when we are young, we dress and do the craziest things. We listen to the wildest music, right? Because we're just so wanting to express. But so much of that also is to try to figure out who we really are in a world that that is so um, trying to tell us who we should be. The, the societal standards, our parents, our schools, our friends, our everything, our environment around us really tells us who we should be. But that doesn't, it starts with teenage, right? When we, we start to understand that and realize that there is all of that external pressure, but it also leads into us as adults, as you know, you have experience and why you do what you do, because we have a lot of pressure of who we're supposed to be, like who we're supposed to be as a parent, who we're supposed to be to <laughs> our spouse, who we're supposed to be in our careers, you know, just the, the sex that we are and like how we're supposed to show up. And then not only that, but nowadays, which is a beautiful time to be um, alive, but at the same time, there's all of these different ideas of what we should and shouldn't be and how we should and shouldn't show up. And then the freedoms of that and almost maybe too much freedom of expression. I don't know, but there's just so much noise 
where we do have, and, and I'm happy to call it an identity crisis. I recently went through <laughs> it where I was like, oh my gosh, who am I supposed to be? If I'm not, if, if my disease doesn't define me, if my children don't define me, if my career choice doesn't define me, then who the heck am I? I don't yes, know. Yes. <laughs> and that, that is my passion. Um, when, when the rug was ripped out from under me, um, and I realized I, I literally am a walking miracle in February. I just went and saw my, one of my specialists in Indiana. I mean, that's like, I have a neurosurgeon in Rhode Island. I've got a specialist in Indiana. You know, I mean, that's the kind of Humpty Dumpty medical stuff that I deal with. And in February, it was just confirmed I'm a walking miracle. Like, according to science, I should not be as functional as I am. And so when you live with the knowledge that you, it's true for all of us, but when you, it's in your face that you never know when your, your last good day is going to be, Yeah, you know, like there, but for the grace of God, (laughs) I could be on a bed in my living room again. Yeah. Right. You, You learn to see things and see life in a different way. And I, I had to redefine everything, you know, my career, my relationship, uh, how I could parent, who I was as a parent, all of those definitions were changing and I had to reconnect with who I was, but I didn't want to do it based on something that could get ripped out from under me again, right? Like I could get a new job, I could get a new whatever, right? And that's where it's okay. So who am I? Uh, my, my core coaching program, unlock your it factor is exactly that it's understanding your soul system and who you are as a unique individual human being. Um, no one else on this planet was ever born with your exact soul DNA, with your exact personality, with your exact physical DNA and placed in your life circumstances. Like no one else on the planet has ever experienced life in the same way that you have, which means that you have a way of seeing the world and interacting with the world and you have something and and you meaning everyone collectively, but I'm, you know, I'm looking at you, April, but um, you have something to bring to this world that only you can bring. Mm. And, and that core program starts with, you know, core values, understanding your internal guidance, um, getting to know your unique uh, strengths and weaknesses. Sometimes we avoid our weaknesses or, or want to avoid them, but they are a unique part of who we are that mm. can be embraced and celebrated and understood. It's part of our life mission. And so that's, you know, the core foundation. You get to know that and communicate that. And, and that is where you know, things like the law of attraction and manifestation, like that's where those things light up. Because when you own who you are fully and live who you are fully and in a present way, that's where life is lived to its fullest. Ah, that's awesome. So I hear so much about really having an understanding of who we are, but sitting with yourself, digging deep into that understanding, coming to a conclusion of what are my values. So we're going to go into our first commercial. And when we get back, let's dive a little bit deeper into how do we come to that? Stay tuned. 
Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this? If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis, break through all of that, working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in, to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want. They are thrilled with your coaching techniques. They're getting the results they want. You feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want. It's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. Welcome back. So you can find that really cool tool that you can put into your toolbox. Find out more about that in the description below and jump on that quick because her class is going to be coming up soon. And if you want to spend a little time with Manly and I, we're going to be in the room as well. So coming back to you, Kimberly, Mm -hmm. I'm excited to talk a little bit more about this you know, simple shift that we can really take because when we go through and um, I'm going to go back to that, that word identity, identity crisis, when we go through an extreme shift in life, a transition, a something that really rocks our world to the core, we, one of the simplest things that we can do is to simply change that style. And it, it's one of the, the fundamentals of changing right away, right off the bat. And so to, to hop into a little story of me myself, I recently went through a major shift in life and I didn't want to get out of bed. It was difficult to do that. So I forced myself to take a position to where it forced me to get out, to be in the public, to network 
and I had to get out of bed. But, you know, once I got out of bed, I had to get dressed. I had to put makeup on. (laughs) I had to do my hair. I had to look presentable to the world in order to really have a good outcome for what I was trying to achieve. And, and it was something that really switched the, um, like our overall presence, our state, let's say our state of being. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so let's, let's go a little bit more into that because this is what you specialize in, in really that style piece of transition. Yeah, uh, I love that. And a lot of people and a lot of stylists will start with the body. And that's an important part, knowing your body shape, knowing your uh, skin tone, things like that can help with the actual selection of clothing. But I like to start on the inside. I call it dressing from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And that's coming to know who you are. And one of the really fun ways to do that, uh, there's a term that's used in fashion and it's called an archetype. And if you, you know, look at styling, a lot of um, stylists and in my certification, it said, well, you need to create an archetype for your client, um, which is basically creating a persona or creating a character. And I'm hearing that and I'm thinking, number one, that sounds like a costume party. And it sounds like I thought it was interesting. You brought up adolescence. I, I say sometime in between adolescence and the midlife crisis, you know, around 50 in between there, somewhere in between 35 and 45 is what I call the second adolescence, right? Our, our hormones start changing, our bodies start changing. Uh, you know, we start wondering what we want to be when we grow up, right? We've, we've yeah. knocked off things off our bucket list and maybe don't feel fulfilled. And so we're confused because we're like, wait, this is, this is where I thought I needed to go. So we do, mm-hmm. we redefine and rediscover ourselves in the second adolescence. And in college, I had already been introduced to the term archetype. I'd studied characters in literature, classic characters like Cinderella and fairy godmothers and all the things. There's these different patterns. And I've also, I was introduced to, you know, Carl Jung, uh, Jungian psychology, which uh, incorporates archetypes. And Carolyn Meese has done a lot with archetypes. I'm actually a certified archetypal consultant also because I love this language of archetypes. So if you've ever gone to a movie or read a book or something where you're watching the movie and you're like, that is me on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever it is, you know, and some people resonate with Cinderella, but some people might be a Mulan or, you know, we resonate with different characters. You might be a Hermione <laughs> from Harry Potter, right? But we resonate with these characters because there are these personality patterns that live inside of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not so much. So so when I was being trained as a stylist, I'm hearing you need to create an archetype. You need to create an archetype for your client. And it just zinged with me. I'm like, that's why this is so powerful. That's why this is working with my uh, life coaching clients is because it's not about creating an archetype. It's helping people know their archetypes. Mm-hmm. And there are patterns that have been with you since childhood. It's not a matter of redefining yourself or recreating yourself. It's more a process of coming home mm-hmm. to who you really are and Ooh, getting to know who home. you really are really for the first time. And we are complex beings. Nobody's one thing. Yeah. Um, if you've ever liked doing personality quizzes online, it's like, you know, find your inner princess or find your mm-hmm. Harry Potter character or find your, you know, we do these because yeah. it's like, 
you know, they're, they're good and they're fun. And it's like, oh yeah. Or um, I know the 16 personalities, right. Meyer Briggs kind of things um, that give you one character. Well, really we're more like a reality show. Your life is a reality show. And if you've ever seen something like Big Brother, that's going to date me. Uh, you know, younger viewers may not even know what that is, but it's a reality show where you throw a bunch of people in a house and let the cameras roll to see what yeah. drama comes up. Well, that's us. Our body is like the Big Brother house. And inside are these different aspects of our personality, these different characters. Yeah. And so I help my clients get to know the characters that make up their character. Um, what are the different um, personality uh, traits that show up in different situations at work? You, you know, oh, and, and and it may not be necessarily a job, you know, stay at home moms. It's like in, in a professional thing, if you're a PTA president, if you're whatever, you know, what shows up in the professional realm, what shows up in your romantic relationships, what shows up in your relationships with your kids, um, what shows up in your relationship with yourself. And we have all these different roles that we play in these different places that we show up where different characters yeah. get their time in the limelight. And when you recognize each of those characters resonates with different colors, with different patterns, with different fabrics, and you get to know who you are, you can dress in a way that empowers you to show up at work, at home, in romantic situations, um, in a way that's very intentional and that brings awareness to what your individual strengths and weaknesses are in a given situation and dress to empower you to show up the best that you can in that okay, situation. Okay, so share a little bit about some of, how do you bring people to kind of come up with that, to ponder that. Is there, are there any resources that you utilize? Let's just say for understanding our values, for instance, what do you do? How do you invite people to really start understanding or collecting this evidence to understand more of a root um, aspect of themselves? Yeah, I, ha I have some sheets that I use that I work with, with my clients. Um, there is a power in language. The English major in me like all of my life experience really has come together. The English major, when it comes to talking about core values and archetypes is huge. Um, but with core values, it's really looking at things. And um, when it comes to clothing, um, it, it, your values will determine how much money you want to spend on clothing. It will determine what you feel comfortable in um, as far as that can apply to modesty uh, that can apply to colors. Some people will feel very uncomfortable in loud, bold colors, not because of insecurity, but because of their personal core values that come into play. So I'll, mm. I'll bring out a sheet of core values and just say, you know, look through the sheet and, and you can pull them up online. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, again, I provide them for my clients, but if you just pull up a core values list, I, I encourage people, one of the things I work into my Unlock Your It Factor program is to set a five-minute timer. Uh, we can overthink things and overanalyze things to death. Yeah. And especially when it comes to doing personal work, sometimes we're like, okay, I'm going to go in an ashram and like meditate on my core values for 20 hours. It's, give yourself five minutes, yeah. pull up a sheet, go through and just go off your gut instinct. What's standing out to me? When I think about buying clothing what stands out to me. And 
it, you would be surprised and everyone has their own combination. Yeah. Um, if you think about work, what's important to me with work, what's important to me in my relationship with a significant other, with a partner, um, everyone will have different core values that stand out to them. On yes, that list. you're really breaking it up into bucket systems based on people's personal, professional, uh, romantic, motherhood, fatherhood, you know, parental, you're breaking it up into buckets on how people are showing up and what their core values are in those situations. Is that, is that correct? And, and not because it's the only way that we show up. Um, we are holistic beings and all of our archetypes, all of our core values come with us wherever we go. Right. Yes. It's just that different situations will bring out different aspects of our personality. I use those different aspects um, not to lunch tray them. I actually think that's where we get into trouble sometimes. Okay. Um, we'll put on different hats, you know, and it's like, oh, now I'm in mom mode. Oh, now I'm in wife mode. Oh, now I'm in work mode. Well, really, you're in you mode. Yeah. All the time. So bringing right? all of that. I, I bring all of that to bring out. Yeah. The so they're essential, they're core. Mm -hmm. And so when we when we do everything in our lives, every interaction that we have with people and we bring all of those, as long as we're, you you know, meeting those situations with our core values, that really helps us, you know, in life. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Because when, when you get to know that, when you understand your core values and when you start to get to know your archetypes and it's a journey, it's a journey. When, when I'm working with my styling client clients, I tell them if we come up with three or four in the time that we're working with each other, you know, that's sufficient. That's enough that's for us to work on. But <laughs> yeah, it, but yeah. I mean, really, you know, you'll find eight to 12 um, in Carolyn Meese's model. Hers is 12, but it can be anywhere in there. But the more that you get to know those pieces or see them come up, the more yeah. you get to know, hey, I'm going into a situation where I know there's this part of me that maybe doesn't always show up in the best yeah. way, you know, or I'm going into the situation and I know that there's a part of me that can really serve this situation to the fullest. And some people talk about it, you know, maximizing your strengths or minimizing your weaknesses. It's understanding both and understanding the dynamic of how you show up and realizing, you know, like, let's say you're going into a speaking situation, you're about to go on a stage, mm -hmm. you might be more of an introvert. That's not my problem. I, I, I love speaking <laughs> to audiences. But let's say that you're an introvert. And so you need to call up that part of you that speaks to courage, the mm -hmm. part of you that speaks to strength, the part of you that will help you feel at home and comfortable even in an uncomfortable situation. And so that's where, okay, well, what are the archetypes? What's your courage archetype? If you were watching a movie, what movie character, and movie characters are easy. Movies and books are an easy place to go to, but like what movie character, when you're feeling confident, who do you think of? And as my clients, you know, tell me they're different characters, it's, oh, okay. You know, so you might need a floral pattern to help you feel connected with earth you know, like to feel connected with that soft side of you, but have mm -hmm. it in maybe a red tone or maybe a blue, you know, some of these mm. bolder, more vibrant tones to help you feel excited and energetic and courageous while also feeling at home and yourself and comfortable 
so in that situation. Kimberly, how can tell an example or or tell us why that is so important to know when we go through life's transitions because you know we may have experienced a big you know shakeup but there's going to be another one because that's just life right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what how is it helpful for us to understand really more of who we are and come to a conclusion of our innate selves when we come through another life shakeup, why is that important for us to have a better understanding, to have an understanding of values and knowing them when we experience difficulties? Do you mind me? Um, I know it's it's really vulnerable. Do you mind me using you as an example here and no, asking you some questions in return? Okay, because yeah. I know in, in our conversation, I know you've you've been through some major life shifts, right? With health and and relationships and life and moves and all the things, right? Yeah. And you're doing this phenomenal show. I, I love it. I if oh, here's you. a plug <laughs> to everyone who's watching, like subscribe and share your um, guests have been absolutely thank fascinating you. and remarkable. And I love listening to your show and watching your show. Um, but you're doing this show right? Well, let's say that something happens. The show gets canceled. Your physical health doesn't let you do it. If you've defined yourself, and again, you and I have had this conversation by what you do, then you've got identity crisis, right? But let's, um, off the top of your head, when, when I've been talking about things like courage, resilience, um, truth, when you think about a core value, that's kind of what is it that gets you out of bed? You didn't want to get out of bed. You realized you needed to. What core value would you put on that? Yeah, well, word? resilience is a is a big one, of course. But also, and for whatever reason, of course, because I'm put on the spot, I can't think of the name of it because I have gone through my core values and I need to, I think it's something we should probably memorize. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise you come up like I'm trying to express it now, but really one of them is how I, I show up. It's, it's holding my head up high and it's being able to lead while holding my head up high and be an example to not only myself, but to those around me. That's what helps me keep moving forward. Because if I don't, and if I allow myself to go or to fall or to be worthless, then that's what I'll be. Right. And that's not shining any sort of um, good example or any, it doesn't help me or present a good energy to those around me and into the world. If I if I just allow myself to go to those steps. So there's an air of professionalism, of standing up tall. Uh, I wish I could remember the the word. It's not a regal, but it's it's something else. But that's okay. it is it, it was interesting because as you were talking, so this is where the archetypal thing comes in, is because it is, and it's not necessarily a queen. That's where it's like regals in the wheelhouse courage, but it's, it's a very noble, like there, yeah. there's a nobility and there is and there's a humility there. So the grace. thing about it is, is that yes. it, it combines a few different things. It encompasses 
all of them together. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a lovely word. And so um, next commercial, I'll have to get back with you on that. But- yes. Well, it's almost a feel of like Eleanor Roosevelt or, you know, it's like a calm, it's a calm presence. It's calm, yes. Um, but it's a calm yeah. presence with, with a, you know, I'm here to shine my light in yeah. a, in a, but it's in a quiet way. Like it's not in a yelling way. So I kind of feel that. So when you feel that energy, it's one of those, you bring that to your show. You bring that in the way that you talk to your clients and things like that. But if you were like, let, you know, the worst happens, you're like a paraplegic, right? Like if, if you were bedridden, could you still bring that quality to your life? Would you still be noble and regal and an example from a bed, from the wellness driven life show to cooking breakfast, you know, like bringing that to a romantic relationship. I'm just saying the law of attraction, when it comes to regal and confidence, there is some law of attraction in that, right? Like you can bring that to every aspect of your life. And so the question that you had asked is why is it important? What is the power are doing as I learned through my health challenges you're doing can change in a heartbeat, a, a car accident, a, yes. a layoff, a divorce, a surprise situation, right? Any of those things. And I lost my health, my career and my marriage all in the period of a year, right? Everything external you can define yourself by yeah. was turned on its head. But yeah. it's this part, it's those internal qualities. And I know my archetypes. I know myself. Um, and I know it, it is what carries me through. I'm going through a lot of stuff. I'm raising teenagers. I'm parenting trauma. There's, you know, mental health issues in my family and different things. Yeah. And every single challenge that comes up when you know yourself, and that's just one aspect of who you are, right? When well, you, and you know, know yourself, it is, you know it is just up. one aspect. And, you know, when you brought up, can you, can you embody that? when you're bedridden. Mm -hmm. So that's a very profound question because we, not all of us get to that point and some of us know Mm -hmm. what that's like and what happens when you do. And so that is such a, that is a massive thing because that's what separates people who are able to get out of that. And for those that allow that to, to consume them basically. And I've been there a number of times where <laughs> I haven't been able to move or get up. But the some of the biggest things that I have come to know, Kimberly, is that change is constant. It's just like yes. identity where we can always change that and become somebody that we want to become. We can always redefine the belief systems that we have. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because change is constant. Because I'm lying here and I can't move today doesn't mean that I won't yes. be able to get up and go do something tomorrow because change is constant. And coming back to that question of, can you do that when you're bedridden? Well, if I am not able to be in front of people in order to present myself that way, of course, there's that one thing, but what it is that's going internal, it's the power Mm -hmm. of the mind. And I don't care if you call it meditation or Mm -hmm. it's just that internal knowing and that place that you can go to when you're not really physically able to go there. 
And so it's, it's creating a new reality for yourself, no matter mm -hmm. what c circumstances. Let's take uh, Victor Frankl, for instance. Oh, I'm sure yes, many one of my people, favorites. <laughs> especially those who listen to the mm -hmm. show are familiar with his work. And so he was a Holocaust survivor. He'd gone through the concentration camps. He lost everybody he loved around him, his wife, his parents, his children, gone, dead. And many people around him were dying. Well, what separated him from the ones that just gave up and died? You know, it was his, it was his mindset, his belief, his understanding that I want to do something when I get out of here and this hope for a better future. Mm -hmm. But when you, when everything is stripped from a human being on the external, on a health aspect, when everything is stripped from you, what else do you have but your mind and your perception? And that internal, like you just talked about, Kimberly, it's going within. So we're going to move into our second commercial. And when we get back, let's dive a little deeper. This is a great conversation. So stay tuned. Bella Grace Skincare. It's more than skincare. It's your shortcut to a more youthful, healthy, and beautiful you. Step one, cleanse with the Enzyme Collagen Cleanser. Gently exfoliates and removes dead skin cells, brightens and evens out skin tones, repairs damage caused by environmental stressors, protects skin's barrier function. Use daily for clean, smooth, glowing skin. Experience the Bella Grace Enzyme Collagen Cleanser for a refreshing start and a radiant finish. Step two, treat with the Dewy Serum. Deeply hydrates and locks in moisture. Protects from free radical damage. Targets multiple signs of aging. Boosts microcirculation. Revealing a youthful, radiant, dewy complexion. Dewy Serum goes beyond ordinary skincare, leading you to a realm of glowing, rejuvenated beauty. Step three, replenish with the Collagen Plumping Moisturizer. Reduces fine lines and wrinkles. Deeply hydrates. Boosts collagen production. Firms and smooths the skin. Experience an intense surge of moisture that leaves your skin feeling supple and soft to the touch. Celebrate your skin and elevate your beauty with Bella Grace Skin Care. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. 
It's a series of lives being saved. Welcome back. So um, I went and found my values that now Kimberly, you talked a lot about how this is, this takes a while. So you have this huge session with your clients here. Like if we come up with three, that is successful. And, you know, for me, it took um, a number of days of some really deeper intention and thank you so much for reminding me because I'm going to like plaster this on the wall. So I recall, but um, and not only did I come up with just the words, but I actually put it into a, uh, a worded system. And, you know, if you, Kimberly, like haven't looked into Brant Menswar's work, I would invite you to do that because he wrote, I interviewed him on the show mm -hmm. and um, it was very helpful to kind of start understanding um, at least basically the five, you know, mm -hmm. main values that I had, but I kind of redefined them a little bit too, when I wanted to dive a little deeper and reflect on them greater, but he wrote uh, black sheep values. And so he has a beautiful system that's free that you can take a little assessment mm -hmm. and come up with those quickly and then dive deeper into them. But I'll just, I'll read this for the audience first time. <laughs> dig a little deeper. I emerge, which might resonate with you, Kimberly. Just I emerge poised and connected through excitement of discovery and tenacity. So mm. all of those have their deeper meaning, but you know, when mm -hmm. I memorize that and I can start saying that to myself day in and day out, I asked you that question, what is the importance? Because when, when life turns to shit and it will, because <laughs> that's life, right. when we can remind ourselves how we really want to show up, what is that going to do for you? How are you going to respond? Yeah. For me, that's my fight song. And to me, a lot of people talk about affirmations and the power of affirmations and um, people kind of approach it like, well, I'm just going to write down this story or usually people do it according to what they want. Right. <laughs> um, this is how I want to feel. Um, but the power of affirmations come when you have a statement like you just shared with us, but you feel it in your yeah. soul right? It's, it's when you know that it's truth and you remind yourself of the truth of who you are. That's the power of affirmation. It's not just reading words every day or telling yourself a story every yeah. day. And like you said, in any situation that will go with you when you're 80, you know, hopefully I will live to that age, with, right? Um, but like, you know, yeah, whether you're 80, whether you're working, whether, you know, regardless of what storms or what shifts come in life, I poise, definitely. That's, that's yeah. the word, right? But with <laughs> poise and grace and tenacity, that's yeah. what will get you through. And my words are different, right? Um, but it's that fight song within us. And it's that call of who we are that gives us the courage to get up and keep living mm -hmm. and to keep showing up and showing up authentically. And it's that also for me that silenced 
um, worrying about what other people think. People ask me like, how did you get past that? Or how did you move past that? Well, when you're laying on the floor in public, cause your leg gives out on you, people look at you like you're crazy. You start to get over <laughs> the looks and the judgments and the things like that. And when you know that I will show up with poise and grace and tenacity, the haters can hate and yeah. life can happen and crap can hit the fan because you are a poised, beautiful, graceful, tenacious woman yeah. who will navigate her life successfully. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause things will always happen. And so it, it's very interesting. Um, I I've been researching blue zones for a number of years now, but they just came up with a documentary, How to Live to 100. It's on, I think, Netflix, but just watched it the other day. And I just love how they they presented it. But basically, it's the study of, of people living to 100 or older and the societal pockets of where that is happening and persisting the most mm -hmm. on the world. Oh, wow. All of the different things... Um, or the, the combination of things that are similar, that where, what are these people doing? How are they living that are allowing them to age with grace? And so much of it is to really, you know, quiet yourself down and be able to, to shake off those things and also have that life purpose. And so mm -hmm. I think that too, when we come to understand values and who we really are, that also gives us an understanding and sense of purpose. And it's like how and what when we really know what we're doing when we wake up in the morning and, you know, what we offer to the world, that's a sense of purpose. And I think that really brings you to it. So I would love to know some stories, whether they're they're personal, I would love to hear your personal story of what it was like when you really started combining the fashion piece into it, or, you know, maybe some client stories, but what are some of the things that people really experienced or understood when they started shifting that, you know, we have an understanding of maybe some core values. And then mm -hmm. now we're leading into how does the inside reflect to the outer? Oh, yes. Uh, to come to a couple of stories, I'll, I'll do two um, briefly. Uh, but when my, my, the person who led me to this actually was one of my college roommates. She's been my guinea pig for a lot of things. Anytime I'm trying out a new program or whatever, I'll ask her if she's available and kind of throw it at her. So we've done a lot of coaching and things together. And she was the one who actually came to me after doing some of my life coaching programs and just said, now that I know who I am, I realize like I've been dressing for my mom or I've been dressing for my husband mm. or I've been dressing for whoever. And I want to dress for me. And she said, you need to come play dress up with me like we did in college. And she actually came out to visit. <laughs> I threw her in a dressing room and threw clothes at her, um, which was really fun, not intending to move in this direction, but just hanging out with a friend. And as she came out, I you know, we, we talk about, well, does this feel like you? I don't think that this really reflects this part of your personality or how does this match? And women were listening to what we were doing and started coming out of the dressing room. And they're like, can you give me advice? Can you do this for me? And I, I, I was like, sure, you know, just ask. And I would ask them questions. Well, how do you feel in it? You know, they'd say, well, how do I look? And I say, well, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. And it was like, what? I Like they didn't even think about 
themselves. It was like, well, how does it look to someone else? I'm like, you don't need my permission to get dressed. It's about you. Isn't and this friend went back home. People come to, it, it's like this really mind blowing thing for them to, to contemplate something other than, you know, what other people have believed or, you know, what they want yes. you, they want to know what you think of how it looks. I mean, we, as women, we always yes. ask that, right? <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. Like, and it's the most empowering the question. Like, like, am I acceptable? Would you want to be seen with me in public in this? You know, and uh, so many other people have just shake it off. Like, yeah, you're fine. But, but we, we, Damn. we want to know that other than, you know, if we actually ask ourselves, okay, wait a minute, let me sit with myself for a minute. How do I actually feel in this? And then you start mm -hmm. to realize there's some tightness in certain places. And you're like, well, that's really mm -hmm. not that comfortable. And I mean, mm -hmm. it changes the perspective so dramatically. Oh, yeah. Well, and she went back home and within a week she was she said, uh, I have three friends who asked what happened. You know, I mean, people started to notice this change mm. and a lot of them were like, oh, I want to get style advice or I want to get fashion advice. And I'm like, what they didn't realize is what they were attracted to wasn't the fashion. It was her confidence and the fact that yeah, she yeah. was communicating who she was authentically. And that was attractive. And yeah. so anyway, so all these, all these people just started asking about what I was doing. I'm like, there's something to this. There's something here. And so I, I went and I got certified, um, as a stylist because I, I wanted to be trained and, you know, know, yeah. know what I was doing and that, but it's that piece that has really lit up. And then the other story, I had a, um, a client who was going into a court situation, um, going, going to go to court against someone who had been legally, you know, bullying, whatever, trying to intimidate, uh, in the situation and she wanted to feel empowered, but she's like, I'm not going to go in in this, you know, big dress or this, whatever, you know, in front of a judge. So she's like, I need to be, you know, I want to feel presentable and, and respectable and professional. And what we landed on was a pair of socks mm -hmm. that nobody could see. Nobody could do, you know, she had her suit on, but she had her power socks on and watching her go into that situation um, feeling confident wow. and empowered to speak her truth in a situation that could have been incredibly intimidating and scary was absolutely like, I still like my, my hair is standing on end. Uh, and if, if that is something that I can help people do and help people take into their lives, yeah. Through a pair of socks, right? It wasn't the socks you that made the difference, right? No. But it was the style that she brought to it. Yeah, but but Kimberly, really, that isn't, I mean, that goes a whole nother level, right? That it's it's mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it has to be literally the external of what everyone else around you can see, but it's it's kind of your understanding, your thoughts behind it. Um and, and just putting on, I, I think even you could probably do that as this mental armor, oh, yeah. for instance, oh, yeah. um, when I was a police officer and we had, we put on the badge and you, you put this, you, you have a totally different mindset of how you show up mm -hmm. in the world because you're wearing mm -hmm. this, um, 
armor, so to speak, you're presenting yourself. People explain it wearing the armor of God. Well, that's not something that we can see, but it's something that you visually mm -hmm. paint yourself with, right? And you coach yourself right. with some sort of of, of power and mindset. And I tell you what, that's a beautiful and profound story that you share with people yeah. and how it really just shifts how you show up. I know that when I feel comfortable and confident in what I'm wearing, it completely changes how I show up mm -hmm. with others and how I interact. So for instance, when, when I'm comfortable and confident in what I'm wearing and I feel good, or I, I feel sexy or whatever it is. Um, I am more energetic. I'm more, um, uh, what's the word I was looking for when I, when I animated, when I, when I move my stands, I, I'm, I'm, I move more free is my point. And I'm able to really communicate on such a deeper level just based on that. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's powerful. It's been really humbling to watch because it's not something that I was like, Ooh, I've got this brilliant idea. I'm going to do it. It's something that I've watched and witnessed and really it I was led to, and I've, I've watched it unfold and I've been incredibly humbled at the power of what this is and the transformation that can happen. It's Beautiful. Well, it must be if you went from more of that, that, I mean, you really marry and integrate all of the different avenues. Like you talked about this hits on a, a mental, spiritual, physical, it hits yeah, all yeah. of the levels. So in your work. And so I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. I did put it up here on the screen, your website, as well as those of you tuning in on audio, you could find the information um, as I speak it and also in the description below. So you can find more about Kimberly and the services that she offers and all of the information that she has on this incredible subject of how we show up and the transformative effects in style. It is www.emergencelifecoaching.com. And that again is www.emergencelifecoaching.com. I love the name. I love the, the way that you come up. And emergence is such a powerful word. I know I was talking about that a little bit with you before we started the show. But tell us, Kimberly, what is next for you? And, and what do you offer for people who come to you and work with you? Uh, what is coming up for me right now, uh, on Monday, the 11th, I'm actually doing a free workshop on, it's called blood of bliss, love your body, love your life. Um, and I'll be doing a boot camp to help, uh, women learn to accept and develop a healthy relationship with their bodies so that they can, uh, own their authentic truth and live more confidently. Uh, so I'll, I do different workshops and different experiences, but the, um, big styling experience that I do is a signature soul styling experience where I help, uh, individuals who want to come to know themselves and design their signature lives, uh, mm -hmm. through an authentic life styling experience where they come to know who they are and learn principles about their body, learn to accept their body as it is not as other people have told them it should be. Mm. And to learn to, to bring their signature style to life, to work, 
to all aspects of what they do. Signature style. I like that wording as well. Very good choice. And so that's incredible what you offer to the world. Now, it has been such an honor to have you on the show to share your story. Thank you for being so vulnerable in that. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's always a lot of power in that. It's one of my favorite things about the show, being able to share those stories. So others who have similar experiences can resonate and it empowers them as well. So Kimberly, um, now that we know kind of what you do and we've heard a little bit about you, thank you so much for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience today? Uh, I think the the final the final thing that I would say to anyone who is listening, especially if you are burning yourself out and stressing yourself out, worrying about what other people think or trying to live up to other people's expectations, it's to remember that life is not a one size fits all experience. Your life is not meant to look like someone else's. It's not meant to be someone else's. And the only thing that you can do, with ease and confidence is to do you. It is a haute couture, one of a kind experience. And so I would just encourage everyone, life is too short. It is too vulnerable not to live it 100% authentically in the way that only you can. So that would be my my hope for anyone who's listening. Mm. Life is short. Do you. I like that. That's very good. Thank you so much again for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank and you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So to everyone else, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time. Goodbye for now. <laughs>